It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how you doing tonight, sir? After all that practice, Marcus, you just you went reverted right back into to laughing Marcus in that intro. That's not too bad. That's, it that's was it was bad. terrible. Just, no, I'm just kidding. That's just <laughs> the way I talk, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, just, you're just a giggly, the, giggly type. You're just so happy and optimistic about everything. <laughs> uh, this Friday edition of the Locked on Cowboys podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. All right, do we have anything to talk about today? <laughs> anything? Not a, not a thing. Not a thing. Uh, all right, so if you haven't heard, uh, late, or actually it was like Thursday afternoon, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's injunction uh, appeal was denied, uh, and the stay was replaced or with, uh, not replaced, but it was basically removed, um, meaning that Ezekiel Elliott is going to serve his six-game suspension starting immediately. Uh, the case is actually scheduled for December 1st, I thought I saw today. So it means he'll probably, at the very least, he's going to miss four games, and he'll probably serve out that suspension. But let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' offense without Elliott. No, now that we're pretty confident that he's not going to be available for the next, uh, basically, for the rest of the season, except for the last two games of the season. So what does the Cowboys' offense look like for the rest of the year without Elliott? I mean, I think it looks the it looks the same, but just at different proportions. I mean, I, I think that they're not necessarily going to, you know, revamp the offense. And we, I mean, we had this this conversation. <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing is that we've had every this week. conversation, like yeah, like almost every other week. It's I don't think anything really is is different about the offense, other than you know how. You, you know, the, like I said, the proportion in which you're attacking the team because of who you have on the field. Um, All right. Well, let me let me ask you this question then. Let's just use it for this week. How does the Cowboys' offense look this week without Ezekiel Elliott? Probably without Tyron Smith and a very limited Des Bryant. What is what can we expect from their offense on Sunday? I mean, I still think that you're looking at a, a you know a, a run first offense that um, you know I think that here's here's the thing. You might have to do a little bit more uh, passing to set up the run than you would normally because I think that teams are going to defer to, you know, stacking the box because you have uh, Alfred Morris and Rod Smith and Darren McFadden running the ball. Um, but I, but I think that you know, like I, I still think that you can bully teams with 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 the personnel you have. I mean, the, the Atlanta specifically is light up front. And they got you know they do have Don Terry Poe, but you know uh, Grady Jarrett is is a fantastic player, but he's maybe three hundred pounds. 
Um, and then Deion Jones, who's also a very you know uh, athletic, fantastic player, but but he's also you know a lighter middle linebacker. So I think you can. There's ways to take advantage of 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 the of the interior to to run the ball, and then you know that can set up uh, you know, things down with the pass the way it normally does. I just think that you know now where you may. Uh, you know, I think where things maybe change the most is second down, probably, is you know where where you you might look to a short passing option now more than a another handoff to Zeke or another I mean, another well at this point another handoff to Rod or another handoff to Morris. Um, I I think that obviously you just you find ways to do you know similar things to continue to try to move the move the the chains, but I I think the goal is the same is that you you lean on your run game your run game is still strong without Zeke it doesn't it doesn't need Zeke to be strong it just isn't are, are we know, sure because uh, I'm not that confident that it's going to be strong I, I think it could be okay I mean I think it can be above average I'm not convinced it's going to be strong I mean I, uh, we'll here, we'll find out won't we I mean yeah, I mean I think I, I think I think that this is this is I think this is a better off blocking offensive line right now I mean, maybe with not without Tyron Smith. I mean, but I think that that you know, I think that with Tyron Smith, this is a better blocking offensive line than they were two years ago when they had uh, uh, you know when they rushed for a thousand yards with Darren McFadden, and now Darren McFadden's your third string running back, even with Zeke gone. So I, I think I think you know, yeah, I think that this can still. I I think that if Zeke was gone the whole season, I think that this this offense this 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 running game could still rush for. Eleven or twelve hundred yards. I, I mean, in total, I just don't think that you get the fifteen hundred yards and the thirteen touchdowns or whatever Zeke would have ended up with, or twenty touchdowns or whatever, whatever crazy number he would have ended up with if he played the whole season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's still enough to try to you know be efficient in winning the game. I just don't know that it's enough that you're going to be you know averaging two hundred yards on the ground like you were uh, previous weeks. All right, really quickly, if it was up to you, which running back would you try to feature, or would you not feature one and just use uh, kind of a running back by committee approach without Ezekiel Elliott on the field? I mean, I would. I mean, I, I this may be crazy, but to me, I would give. I would like to see them give the running backs like a half. I, I think that you know, like I mean, I I would like unless they really you know are messing up or you know you just feel like you've got to make a change. To kind of mix it up because it's not happening with one, I think that it's good to give running backs some extended looks, you know, and let them take a couple series in a row at least, um, and before you start kind of mixing it up. And and um, um, I, I, but I, I do think that Rod Smith has earned, and you know, we just don't know what we've got in that guy. So I, I think he's earned the opportunity to get some some carries, and I think he should get some carries that are close to on par with Alfred Morris, and and. And if he takes to it right away and is really, you know, a good fit, like it kind of feels like he could be, then maybe you just start shifting it more and more to him, and it becomes less and less of a fifty-fifty situation and more of a, you know, a true running back and then a backup running back situation. So I just think that you have to see they have more information about how these guys are going to run on behind their offensive line right now, and by they I mean Dallas. Um, I think we need to see how it. I think it's tough to make any judgments about this offense until we see it. Frankly, I, I just, I just don't know what what we just don't know what it's going to look, look like. But I, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, you know. 
I mean, well, I guess we'll see. It's going to be a really interesting game, uh, not just game, but the next six games to see how the Cowboys adapt. Because I, I, I think it's fair to assume that they're probably going to look much different at the end of the six-game suspension rather than what they look like in the first two games without Zeke. So I, I have a feeling Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott are going to figure out a way to move the ball, but it's probably going to take them a couple weeks before uh, they really feel comfortable with their offense. And the problem is these next two games against the Falcons and the Eagles are big conference games that they really need to win to stay alive in the NFC. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. Let's pause really quickly to talk about MyBookie. MyBookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, seriously, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so while we're talking about the Cowboys offense, let's talk about the Atlanta defense really quickly. This is a fast defense that thrives on running sideline to sideline. Vic Beasley is one of the better edge rushers in football. They've got talented cornerbacks with Trufant and Alford, and they've got some fast, uh, undersized linebackers uh, with Deion Jones. And I don't think Duke Riley is playing in this game, but that's another guy that they like to rotate in a lot. So what do you think the Cowboys can do on offense to basically exploit their defense? I think they can run right at them. I mean, I, I think that. Um, I, I mean, I I disagree that I, I think Vic Beasley is is not necessarily one of the top edge rushers in the NFL. I think. Oh, see, that, I'll argue with this on here because I, I think sacks are the most important thing for edge rushers, and it, it, he can end drives by himself. How many? Uh, you sacks, can run at How many him. sacks does he have? Yeah, but he was hurt for I think what four weeks though. Well, um, I mean, uh, he, he's got four sacks. So I, I mean, I think that that's we've got two guys who are averaging more sacks a game on our defensive line. So I, 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 I listen. I think that Vic Beasley has some skill set for sure, but I, I, I think that all these guys they do a lot. Of what you talk about, they like to run. They like to get. They like to operate in space and and. Um, and I think that they can, you know, I think Vic Beasley, when you're leading, losing by multiple touchdowns and all he has to do is is rush the passer, speed, speed rush the passer and, and keep after a guy that, you know, while he's trying to throw down the field, then he can do that. But I don't know that he's producing. But I don't love that matchup against Collins, though. If they move him out playing against Lyle Collins, that's where Collins struggles. I don't think I don't see I just don't view it as much any he's not anywhere in Von Miller's category to me. And no. and, and and I think that I think he hand, did a, a a good enough job with Von Miller that he he's seen this sort of player before and and I just don't know that he's that kind of threat. I I'm more concerned with Grady Jarrett d- despite despite the fact that 
he's going to probably see Martin a lot. I, I think that Grady Jarrett, to me, is the more dangerous player on their defense. But again, you're talking about another undersized guy, a penetrator who can't you know, stop the run. I mean, their defense is not dissimilar to the Cowboys in a lot of ways where they have some pieces, but their pieces operate best when put into the situation that they want to be in, right? When they're, when they're playing ahead and they can pin their ears back and run at wherever, wherever the ball's going. Um, I think the, the, the difference is between these two teams is that the Cowboys, even without Tyron Smith, have a several dominant pieces on the offensive line who can, you know, mash people, especially on the undersized guys, despite, you know, them having Don Terry Poe, you know, they have Adrian Claiborne who comes in, who, who will rotate as a defensive end, but none of these guys are necessarily monsters. I mean, uh, against the run outside of Poe. And I think that if you look at how, you know, you're, you're going to be able to get into the third level and then you're going to have to deal with, with Neil, who is a whole nother thing. But uh, I, I think that, I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to find success, even without Zeke uh, running the ball uh, up the field. And that's why, and I keep mentioning Rod Smith is because I feel like Rod Smith might be able to run that, you know, kind of more physical run in, in between the, the tackles uh, and, and really kind of, tenderize these guys a little bit um and so once they start you know getting to their cues a little bit uh slower that's when you kind of could put morris in there and 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 you know he runs that inside zone and wide zone really really well it's 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 really kind of been other areas that you have concerns with 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 uh morris but um and even that he's he seemed to kind of overcome some of the issues with pass catching and pass blocking that he's had in the past but it'll be it'll be interesting to see i i think that's where you miss seek the most is that you are going to not have the kind of guy that who gives you the scheme versatility of being able to do whatever you want when he's on the field, um, or at least the the safety of knowing that he'll execute no matter what you have to do. I think you have concerns at times if you have to put Morris in too many pass-blocking situations. But I think that you know it's just about scheming for that and then relying more on scheming with personnel groupings and formations to, to try to help you, you know, get matchups to move the ball. Yes. One of my favorite notes uh, I wrote down when I was studying the Falcons this week is, did you know Courtney Upshaw is a defensive tackle now? Yeah, I I saw that. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. It's weird to watch. But I mean, I mean, outside of the numbers, like his body numbers, it makes sense. Like his his game fits it kind of like he's just so it's just violent. I I remember so many people wanting him to be the Cowboys star edge rusher. And I don't remember what draft that was with that's a 2011 draft or something like that. And now he's a defensive tackle that plays primarily against the run. I, I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's weird to say the least. (laughs) All right, let's pause real quick. Uh, So I can tell you guys about Pro Football Focus. If you guys are interested in a Pro Football Focus Ed subscription, all you guys have to do is go to iTunes, uh, give us a five-star review for the Locked on Cowboys podcast, leave your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. You'll have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profile and stats, uh, fantasy DFS, NFL draft articles, and team and player pages featuring Pro Football Focus's signature stats. Again, all you have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription. Excuse me. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. 
Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's talk about that Atlanta offense. It's been struggling a little bit this year. Uh, I'm still nervous about it because they've got so many weapons on offense. They're at home. Uh, they have a ton of speed. What do you just just kind of overall thoughts about the or the Falcons' offense from your film study this week? I mean, it just seems, you know, it's funny because you 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 hear about a team from from afar, just kind of you know through listening to other people talk or you know the post game shows or whatever. And if you haven't really watched them, it's you know it's kind of all just hearsay until you actually get a chance, right? And, Really, I mean, if, if you listen to the storylines or the conversations on, you know, from big NFL commentary uh, about what what the the book is on Atlanta, it's that you know Steve Sarkeesian has really had a struggle uh, as a play caller, and 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 I think that you know when you watch them play, it 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 looks like that. It it, it and specifically, it looks like what it is. It looks like a guy who's calling somebody else's offense, you know, and and mm-hmm. and I think that. When you see, you know, one of the things I was interested in, in watching a little bit was how their offensive line played. And one of the things that I think that I, you know, was interesting to me about watching their offensive line is it felt like it felt like there were times when the protections didn't match like the actual plays that were being called. And so, like, it felt like, you know, that either they were not putting enough blockers in on a deep pass or um, you know, it just, it, 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 it just, it, things just generally felt disjointed and, and, um, you know, and, and, and throughout different times you go and you look and, and, and you see people complaining about, you know, not getting enough, uh, to the ball enough to their playmakers and, and, and not getting enough from the running game. And, and it, it just feels like they have all these pieces, they have the offense that they want to run, but they're just, they're not they don't know how to operate the machine that they've got. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and they're, they're getting by on the fact that they've got all this talent, but it's certainly, it's, it's, instead of being optimized, it's, it's the opposite. It's, it's being, you know, used. Misused. So, yeah. So yeah. misused, misused and used so poorly that, uh, they're barely able, despite their talent to, to function and they and so I, I I you know it's it's funny because you can see some of the frustration in it, um, but I mean I'll, going back to what I was saying the offensive line like it it you know a guy like Ryan Schrader who's their right tackle, he's had he's had like pretty good years last few years and he's you know been one of the more underrated right tackles and the, this year he's you know I've watched a couple different games of him and he just looks. He doesn't look like the same guy. I mean, he, he was hurt for a part of it. He I think he had a concussion. And I don't want to spend too much time on one guy, but it was just indicative of like a guy who had great years under Shanahan and suddenly doesn't look like the same player. And I and I can't imagine that all these guys just like got worse over a season. I I, I really do have to wonder if they're not just being put into positions to succeed. Yeah, I think they can win on that right side because Schrader and Schweitzer, I think, is his name, correct? Yeah, so that's that, the, I, I focused on them too because I really do think that is you're right that that's a, that's a, a, an area of attack. 
Yeah, I think that's the side that they can win on. Mack is still a really good center. Uh, I, I don't love Jake Matthews. Levitre is a good no. guard. But, yeah, I think that right side is really where they're going to need to win. Uh, and it, luckily enough for Dallas, that's where Demarcus Lawrence and David Irving line up. So if they can get pressure on Matt Ryan from that right side, they should be okay on defense. Uh, I, it's worth mentioning Julio Jones did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, we'll see what he does on Friday. If he doesn't practice at all, I, I think you can probably assume that he's not going to play. Uh, and if he doesn't play, this offense totally changes because he is the deep threat. He is the guy that you have to double all the time. Um, and they've got some other receivers in Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel, but none are even in the stratosphere of Julio Jones. So if Jones doesn't play, that's going to dramatically change this game on offense. So uh, any other real quick thoughts on the Falcons defense and how, or Falcons offense, excuse me, and how the Cowboys can attack them? Yeah. You know, Sean Lee needs, I mean, this is goes without saying, Sean Lee needs to have a, a, a big game, but because he needs to have a, the reason he needs to have a big game is because they really need to make sure that they make this team one dimensional as quickly as possible. Um, because I think, you know, the, the basis of the Shanahan offense is, you know, running constraints and play action and, and, and making you start, stop and totally messing with your linebackers and, um, so I think the way to counter out that counteract that is to either you know through the normal method of scoring points up front and making them chase you, or by just you know immediately focusing and shutting down the run game early, uh, making them you know abandon the run and go to the pass, which is something that I think that even more than the Cowboys. Uh, well, I mean, the Cowboys like doing this. Well, I mean, I think fans would complain, that, but I don't know that they necessarily do. But even more <laughs> than the Cowboys, Atlanta will abandon the run if if you give them Quickly. an opportunity to. You know, and, and so, which is just ridiculous considering who they have in their running back core. So, um, but I think that that is going to be the key, is that really trying to get them to be one-dimensional, make Matt Ryan throw the ball more and more. Look, he's his, he's throwing the interceptions at twice the rate that he was last season. So something mm. is going on. Either He's either forcing it more because he feels like he has to make plays, or it's just a miscommunication going on across the board with uh, with the passing attack. Either way, make, make them one-dimensional, uh, and make the play from behind, I think that's going to be your best chance for success. All right, so really quickly before we get to our predictions, uh, you guys know how much I love talking about special teams. And this is a game where I really believe, once again, that whoever wins the special teams phase of the game is probably going to win the game. Uh, obviously, Dan Bailey's out, and Mike Nugent has done a pretty good job for the Cowboys. But Matt Bryant, the Falcons kicker, has not practiced on Wednesday or Thursday. He's dealing with a leg issue. Uh, it remains to be seen if he pra- or if he plays in this game. Uh, if he doesn't, I- I'm not sure who the Falcons are going to bring up. I don't believe they have anybody else in the roster. Uh, that's going to make a difference because Bryant is one of the best kickers in all of football. So it- it's tough to bring in a kicker on a short week and expect him to play at that same level. So... Just be mindful of that over the next couple of days to see what happens with Bryant. If, if he's out of this contest, I think that'll dramatically change uh, the entire outcome of this game. So let's go ahead and get into predictions. I will let you go first. Who do you think wins this game and why? I think Dallas wins. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game because of all the things you talked about. And also because I tend to think that I think that both Dez and Julio play. 
Um, but I just don't know how well either of them are going to play. And without either of those two players, uh, it's going to be about how these offenses can manage with the rest of the weapons that are on you know, this roster. And I like the Cowboys set of guys combined with the scheme they run and keeping in mind, you know, with all the RPOs, the run ops, the zone, uh, zone reads and, and all the, all the options stuff, speed option, all the stuff that we started to see more and more of. Um, and with their ability to even more than, than I think the, the Falcons ability, their ability to uh, formation teams to death. And, and by that, I mean, they've got a lot of different players at tight ends and wide receivers that they can run out and create mismatches uh, uh, you know, at a whole bunch of different spots, uh, and I think that you know, the one thing that ha- we haven't really discussed that is the upside of this whole thing with Zeke and the way that this played out is that even though he still has to serve those games, and there's no there's no happiness for Zeke personally in that whole situation. I'm not even commenting. No. I'm just talking about for the Cowboys schematically. The only silver lining to all this for the Cowboys side is that they provided this whole situation provided enough cover for their defense to develop into something, um, and that's where I think that that we're kind of maybe still selling them short a little bit is what this defense has turned into these last few weeks with Sean Lee back with David Irving and emerging with DeMarcus Lawrence still being DeMarcus Lawrence and maintaining that. Um, I know we lost the, we still have an issue at nose tackle, but we've got all these guys and then all these young guys who are starting to come on. And now we're going to have a woozy coming back. If not this week, then maybe next week. I, I just, I feel like they, the Zeke left at a time when the defense is maybe ready to stand up on its own for a little while for the first time in a couple seasons, frankly, and maybe make some stops and maybe make some turnovers to get it off the field without having to be carried so much by the offense. So I'm going to, I'm going to hope that the Cowboys can do that better than the the Falcons can. Um, So I'm going to pick them to win. I don't don't have a score, but I think it'll probably be, come on, give me a score. Give me it. Let's say 27, 24. All right. So you brought up a lot of good points. Um, Here's my deal. I think if you were going into the season and you were to list the most important players of the Cowboys, I think Ezekiel Elliott, Tyron Smith, and Dez are probably all within the top seven. Um, I, I don't. You're not going to have Zeke. I don't think you're going to have Tyron. And and I'll tweet this out tomorrow. But anytime Dez has missed two days of practice, his stats for the following week are significantly worse. Uh, I know he's a tough guy and he tries to play through injuries. He's just not a guy that plays very well when he doesn't have a full week of practice and he's battling an injury. So I think if anything, he's just going to be a decoy. Um, I don't expect him to be a real weapon, especially against Trufant in this game. And because Trufant's they're playing too, on though. a yeah, but is he playing? Is he, is he playing in this game? I, I didn't see him on the injury report. Is he playing? Yeah, well, he's on the injury report. He was limited the okay. first day. He, he practiced full, but I'm just saying everybody's a little bit banged right. up at this point. All right, so I just think in the first week without Elliott and with them missing their nose tackle, I still think that Brian Price loss is bigger than what people think. I think it's going to take them some time to get adjusted to a new offense and a new nose tackle and just a lot of moving pieces at this point in the season. 
I'm going to go ahead and predict that the Falcons are going to win this game, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be like a 31-20 game uh, where the Falcons pull away late. So I'm picking the Falcons. Any last thoughts before we sign off? No, I we mean, covered all. I think we covered it all. I think uh, I just can't. I haven't seen the Falcons do anything close to that, so it'll be it'll be surprising. It's coming. It, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that you think so. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's show. This edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie where they'll match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use the promo code Locked On, And we'll be back on Tuesday to review the Cowboys game against Atlanta. Hopefully we'll be celebrating a win. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy your weekend, guys. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.